In today's episode, I speak with Kira Onisko, a non-diet certified personal trainer who has dedicated her career to teaching people how to enjoy exercise without letting it consume their lives. If you enjoyed our solo show earlier this year on evaluating your relationship to exercise, I think you're really gonna love this conversation because we dive even deeper into those concepts. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to the Fueled and Well podcast. Today we have Kira Onisco on with us, and she is going to talk to us about all things non-diet fitness. So Kira, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So if you want to just start telling our audience in case, you know, they don't already follow you, just a little bit of your backstory. How did you wind up in this particular space helping people the way you do? Mm-hmm. So I found myself in weight neutral fitness, body neutral fitness from not being in that space whatsoever and having to really learn for myself the hard way why so much conventional fitness advice can actually cause more harm than good. So I actually had uh, a much unhealthier relationship with fitness and food. Those things so often go hand in hand together. And it took me really quite a few years of starting to realize that these quote unquote healthy habits that I was so dedicated to, dedicated aka obsessed with, the slippery slope. Yeah. All of these healthy habits were actually not serving me in the way that I thought that they would, in the way that I was kind of told that they would. So I was in my early 20s and wanting to get back into fitness. I had been a competitive gymnast for years and years and then had quit sometime in high school and then kind of like fell out of formal movement, formal activity, and really started to miss that part of my life. And so I was like, okay, great. I want to get into the gym. I don't really know what to do. I wasn't a personal trainer at that point. So I was like, let's go on to social media. Let's go on to Instagram and see what the people are doing, get some tips, get some ideas. And you're just really thrown into this world that you don't know any better about really. So you're seeing what these people are doing. And at the time, this would have been like early 2010s-ish. So it was very much like clean eating, bodybuilding was super popular. It seemed to be anyways, like on social media, if you're looking for different workouts or whatever, everybody was doing bodybuilding. And again, you just don't know any better. So you're following these workouts, you're following these diet plans, and that's just what you think that you should be doing to be healthy, to be fit. And it just becomes such a slippery slope. So became very strict with what I was eating, very rigid ideas of what was good versus bad, cheat days, like the whole thing. And this seems, it seems so more intense than it is now, but obviously it's just sneakier now, right? But back then it was so much more obvious of this is not what you should be eating. And again, yeah, fell into that just kind of trying to follow what other people were doing. And then, like I said, it began to be causing more harm than good. And obviously it wasn't 
something that I just woke up one day and realized again, like it took several years. And what was really helpful was starting to hear pushback against these kind of traditional ideas of how to be healthy, how to be fit. And that would be more of like a health at every size approach. And the first time that I started hearing about any of that, I was completely shocked. Like it was just so against everything that I had been learning. And so I had gotten like so into fitness that I wanted to make it my career. So at this point, I was in school. I was in university for exercise science, wanting to become a fitness professional. And I went into that degree having this disordered relationship with food and fitness. And luckily, there was a class that I was taking had absolutely nothing to do with my degree. It was an elective class. It was called Food and Sex, which was a very interesting class. Yeah. Yeah. And one class, we had a guest speaker come in to talk about health at every size. And again, like my mind was just completely blown and I had just never heard anything like that before. So that was in the back of my mind. And then kind of the more that I was mulling it over and then there was other things coming in as well that were around the same idea. And the more that I was thinking about it, the more I started to realize what I had been doing was harmful and not helpful. I really started to see myself in all of these examples of why we shouldn't be so obsessed with food, why we shouldn't be so obsessed with our weight. So it was really like, it was a light bulb moment, but over probably like a year of a slow transition out of it and really starting to learn more and understand more. So luckily I started learning those things when I was still in school and not fully out into the world because there's so many fitness professionals that do not mm-hmm. believe in those things and they are very much promoting something very different. So I feel very lucky to have kind of started my career under more of a weight neutral approach. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you came to it during school because it's from what I've seen on the nutrition side, such a mixed bag if you're going to get exposed to any of that when you're mm-hmm. still in school. Like I remember for me, I did not see anything weight neutral until I got out into the field. And it can be really hard to pull that mental 180, you know, and be learning all of this new information while you're actively practicing. So yeah, I think it's really cool that you were able to have that perspective shift and learn what you needed to learn before you even started practicing with clients. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And not to say that when I first started out, I was, you know, perfect in my messaging or anything like that, because it is such such a journey. And there's so many things that I feel like slowly kind of have to be let go of. Like, for example, and you'll see this now with with trainers or whatever online where a lot seem to be on board with the idea of like, don't you don't need to be weighing yourself all the time. Don't worry about the scale. But then there's still like the take progress photos take these measurements, let's get toned. So even though maybe they're not focusing on weight, they're still very much focusing on a specific body shape and type. Yeah. And that stuff, I think, unless you really, really start to see, you know, diet culture and all of that for what it is and are just totally appalled and are like, wow, I'm going to dive in. I think for a lot of people, the evolution is a lot slower, right? Where they're slowly losing 
the weight talk, but then there's still progress photos or they're, you know, now not talking about progress photos, but it's measurements and keeping track of the weight you do. And like there's other ways that they kind of hold on to it's kind of that same rhetoric, but messaged differently. You know, mm-hmm. it yeah, takes a like while. this more palatable version of still diet culture within fitness is happening now a lot, I feel like. But again, it's a journey. So people really have to be able to come to those things on their own. Right. And I think, you know, I think anytime we try to rush somebody, whether it's other professionals we see in the space or clients, it's ingenuine for them. Right. And so they're not really bought in. So sometimes you do just have to give people that time to work through it. I think it can be really tough when like this is something I see. I don't know if you see parallels in what you do, but I find it can be really tough when there is like in somebody's bio, right? Like maybe in a nutrition coach or a dietitian's bio, they're like intuitive eating. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is going to help me feel better about food and repair this really nasty relationship I've had. But then there's still body checks in their reels, or we still don't really see any carbs on the plate with the food pictures where it's like what they're presenting is a lot more intuitive eating or non-diet or weight neutral. But then the the underlying message still feels kind of like, oh, but you might be trying to control my body still. Or just mm-hmm. not saying. Wow. I don't know if you see that parallel, but. Yeah, absolutely. So same idea. Like you'll see someone in, in the bio, it's always like anti-diet. And so you get excited, especially in fitness. And it is getting better and better, but it's not, I don't think, to the same level as with dietitians, where you see a lot of actual non-diet dietitians. Fitness isn't quite there yet. I think there, there's a lot of reasons for that. But so I get excited whenever I find someone online that I think believes the same things as I do. But I think a lot of trainers who are doing that think non-diet or anti-diet means you're not doing a trademarked diet. You're not doing something that would necessarily, you would assume as a diet right away. But again, still very Mm. much like there's still the restriction. There's still the calorie counting. There's still the portion control, like all of these things that are still very much dieting behaviors. But then they would be like, oh, well, not a diet. It's just healthy eating. Right. Just a lifestyle. It's just, yeah. But it's like, but then why do I have all this extra cardio in this plan? What's that about? (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. And I think that's where it can get really tricky, right, for consumers to be like, how do I pick someone that's going to be safe and that's going to help me do this the right way? Because I've spent the last 10 or 15 years doing this in a way that really sucks. And so that's hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, like we're talking about earlier, just how it does take so long for people to let go of these ideas and people are doing it at different times. But it gets tricky when, you know, you have that conflicting messaging that people become drawn to and they're in such a vulnerable position where they think that they're going to someone who's going to actually be non-diet, actually help improve their relationship with food and their body. And they're just getting hit in the face with diet culture all over again when they're already in that vulnerable position. So I I can hold some compassion, but I also get frustrated with seeing that. Yeah. Right. And like those can coexist, right? Like we can be like, oh, please don't do that. But also I get it because we've all gone through it. Do you have any maybe tips, say, for listeners who want to, you know, get into some form of fitness that feels good to them and does not 
bring up some of that old food and body stuff, how obviously they can find you. But like if they're just perusing, say, local gyms or other, Mm -hmm. you know, not social media, other avenues, how do we identify somewhere that's really going to help us focus on movement in a way that is body neutral and weight neutral? Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, like fitness and working out doesn't necessarily even have to be happening in a gym. I know so many people have an idea that if they want to start working out, like they need to join the gym immediately. But it can look like so many different things for so many different people. And if that's not what you enjoy doing, then there's so many other ways that you can be participating in movement. But what I have found is that for people who have had difficult relationships with exercise while also really enjoying working out, it can be difficult to then get back into that from a place where they have these different values. Because so often a lot of that is tied in with wanting your body to look a certain way, wanting to lose weight, even if you still enjoy the movements that you're doing. So this is where it can be helpful to focus on performance goals rather than your typical aesthetics goals of either weight loss, whatever body composition changes you're wanting to have. I think especially to so many people haven't really had the experience of really seeing what their body is capable of. It's always been so heavily focused on looking a certain way or burning calories. So kind of putting anything aesthetic on the back burner or just getting rid of it completely. The back back burner makes it seem as if you'll come back to it later. Getting rid of it completely and then focusing more on, well, what do you want to get out of it? Do you want to be able to lift more weight? Do you want to be able to do more reps? Is there a specific exercise that you think would be really cool to be able to perform, like whatever the case may be? And those things have nothing to do with what your body looks like and everything to do with what it's capable of. So that that can be a helpful first step. But I think what can also be tricky there and something to look out for is that sometimes that emphasis on performance can take the place of your really your obsession with looking a certain way. So now it's not necessarily I want to look like this or I want to lose this weight. Now it's I want to be the fittest I possibly can. And like that can get compulsive as well. And so then it's like, okay, well, what am, what the hell am I supposed to do now? I can't do this. I can't do that. But I think it's just getting curious about your intention. And again, figuring out if like what you're doing is actually serving you in all areas of your life. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned how it can kind of morph because we see the same thing on the food side of it, right? It'll be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not really focused on losing weight anymore. I understand how that's been a total roller coaster before, but now I want to make sure my gut health is perfect because that's so popular or whatever it is, right? And it can be really productive to have non-weight or aesthetic-based health goals so that you have kind of something to be moving towards, something to be learning about and, and getting excited about. But then you do have to be mindful of when does this also become too much? Because when we think about our overall health, right, which if we're approaching food and exercise in a non-diet way, that is a big piece of why we're probably doing it is like that overall health. Mental health is a part of that. And stressing overly about now Mm -hmm. your new performance goals doesn't really serve the end goal that we're picturing either. 
So it's a tough line to toe, I think, especially when people are new to these concepts. Mm-hmm. And then you can get into some tricky territory too with it can become really difficult to allow yourself days off from exercise. Yep. And we see that too when you are more focused on it from an aesthetics side of things. And again, similar to if, if aesthetics was your goal and you had, you know, kind of compulsive feelings towards exercise, even if you're focusing more on performance, um, if you are, you know, you're not seeing your friends or your family as much, you're not able to explore or kind of foster different passions in your life. Like if it is taking up so much of your life, again, maybe we should step back and ask ourselves if that is having the effect that we wanted to have. Um, Because again, it can kind of get into this territory where it becomes your whole life and there's no space for anything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important to notice because if people don't hear that call out or that concept, it's so easy to go from I was focused on bodybuilding to now I'm just focused on being the fittest, being the strongest, whatever. And it's like you didn't get any of your life back. You just are focused on a different set of goals. So, Mm -hmm. And it gets to a point, too, where like you're not always going to be able to do your highest amount of performance like you can only go so far you know we're not machines like our bodies have genetic end lines of like hey this is this is enough for me this is as much as I can do and so if that's kind of where you're putting all of your I guess self-esteem and identity into it can be really difficult in that way as well where it's like okay well I'm not as strong as I used to be or I'm not as fit as I used to be who am I without that yeah yeah I see that so often, especially when I'm working with higher performing clients, like the athletes that we see, it's like when we aren't the fastest one on the team or when we transition from being a collegiate athlete to just a recreational athlete. And I shouldn't even use the word just right. But when we make that transition, it's just like, who am I outside of this? And I don't know if you ever have clients say this, but I feel like I see this a lot where they'll reach out to us, right? And it's like, I just want to not obsess over this, or I just Mm. want to feel healthier, or I just want to figure out what's going on with my body, right? And instead, we end up talking about so many other things like your identity and your self-worth because it is so tied up, especially with how popular and glamorized that pursuit Mm -hmm. of health is, like that wellness culture stuff. We're just so inherently believing that our value is in what our body can do or what it looks like or how healthy we eat. And I, I feel like clients are always surprised when I'm like, can we talk about how this plays into your sense of self? And they're like, I just wanted to talk about carbohydrates, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's surprising that it comes that full circle, I think. Yeah, they're getting more than they bargained for there. But um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And again, like similar, if you've had a really com- Pulsive relationship with exercise when it was more aesthetics focused, you're missing out on so much. Like, I remember that from when I was my most disordered with exercise. Like, you're afraid to go to different restaurants because you don't know what's going to be on the menu, or you don't want to go hang out with friends or try these different experiences because you don't want to miss a workout. And like, those things can still be happening, even if weight loss and and body changes aren't necessarily the focus. Yeah, so I think that's important to kind of understand there and hopefully people can check in with themselves on that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because it's a very like nuanced part of the conversation, but it's really important to quality of life and all of that. So it's good to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even now, like I said, it can be a really helpful tool to get away from that obsession with trying to look a certain way. But at the same time, even now, I can't really remember the last time I hit a PR or that I, you know what I mean? Like I'm not really working out to constantly improve my fitness level now. And I think too, like when we talk about intuitive exercise and joyful movement, I think this constant pursuit of being better, stronger, faster, fitter, it becomes unintuitive because you aren't checking in with yourself on, do I even want to do this workout today? Do I even want to be pushing my maximum intensity today? Because you have this goal that's kind of outside of what's going on in yourself, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. So what are maybe some ways if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, yeah, I definitely don't check in with myself. I am just brute force following some kind of plan or like doing what I've always done. What are maybe some ways that they can reflect or things they can be looking for to make sure, mm -hmm. you know, if their goal is more intuitive movement that they're making progress on? Yeah. So I think firstly, if someone wanted to be on the lookout for red flags, if that yeah. was where they were going again, like I mentioned earlier, like the difficulty of giving yourself rest days and days off, that would be a big one to look out for, as well as if you're only basing like the quality of a workout off of how well you think you performed in it. So like if you do a workout and maybe you were, you know, hoping to do more reps of something or lift more weight and you don't do that, did you think that that workout was a waste? Kind of things like that. And so to kind of make it into something that's more intuitive, again, it's like doesn't need to be in the gym, doesn't need to be a formal workout. And do you even like doing those exercises as well? So I think a lot of that can be tied to you think that maybe that you like these types of exercises because you like the idea of what they might be doing to your body. So checking in with yourself, would I still be wanting to do this if I didn't think that it was having an effect on my body composition? Yeah, I love that question. One of our recent solo episodes that I recorded was about relationship to exercise. And that is always my number one question when I tell people like, if you think you're starting to get into a little bit of a gray area and like mm. it feels like you're kind of forcing it, ask yourself, would I continue to do this type of exercise if there was no chance it would change how I look, right? Like mm -hmm. if it couldn't change the way my body looked, would I keep doing? And if the answer is like, hell no, okay, there's your answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had someone reach out to me with a really good question. It wasn't so much a question. It was more of like what they were going through at the moment. And it was something along the lines of, I love lifting weights because it makes me feel strong, but I think part of me is doing it because I like that it's making me look a certain way. And they were feeling really guilty about that because mm -hmm. they do want to be away from this diet mindset around food and exercise. And they have been working really hard to repair the relationship with both of them. And so it's this idea of like, am I bad for liking the way that I look as a result of doing certain types of exercise? That's a really good question. Did did y'all end up like going back and forth on that a little bit? Like, yeah, we had your insight. We had a bit of a discussion and I don't think that anyone should feel guilty about something like that again because it is such a journey. It sounds like maybe they were newer to 
learning about intuitive eating and going through all of that stuff too. So it is such a process. It's not, again, like you're going to wake up one day and you just have a completely healed relationship with both food and fitness. I'm sure you deal with that with your clients as well, who, you know, are in a better place, but every so often they, I don't know if you would say slip up or what, but they kind of go back to their old habits. But I, I had asked them, it's not wrong to kind of notice these changes and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But what would you feel like if the opposite were to happen? If instead of getting firmer, you were getting softer in some areas? And what would be the feelings coming up for that? And again, like looking into that and checking in with yourself on why those feelings would be coming up. Yeah, I love that prompt because I think something that is sometimes misunderstood about the more like non-diet and intuitive approach is, oh, well, then I can't notice my body changes or I shouldn't ever feel happy about them. And it's like, there's no right or wrong. It's just noticing if it were going in the opposite direction or if there was no change, would I still enjoy what I'm doing? Would I still feel this sense of, you know, accomplishment or excitement when I'm doing it? Mm -hmm. Like, and if the answer is yes, you are okay. Like it's, it's human to, you know, put on clothes and be like, my shoulders look different than they used to. Yeah. Like that's normal. Like we're Mm -hmm. not asking people to take a, you know, a blind eye to how their body looks. Yeah. And feel sadly for noticing those things. Right. Um, Yeah. And so again, because they are on this journey as we all are in different levels of letting go of these ideas and these things that we hold as priorities or put more value on in this case you know body changes from exercise just because you feel that way now doesn't mean that you're going to feel that way in the future and being understanding of that as well yeah it can ebb and flow and look different in different seasons Mm -hmm. of life and that is Mm -hmm. normal as long as you have you know the the capacity or the honesty with yourself to be aware of when it's going into that negative territory like whatever you're experiencing is perfectly okay yeah And again, you know, are you disappointed in yourself if you aren't seeing those changes? Or like we said earlier, are you not doing the exercise at all if you aren't seeing those changes? So, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing or definitely not something you should feel guilty about, but something that you should get curious about. Yeah, exactly. So something that I notice quite a bit with clients, I feel like this is a recurring conversation, is this idea of scenario, right? Maybe for the last five or eight or however many years, the only way they've ever paid attention to food or their fitness was because they had a weight or a specific aesthetic goal. And now that they're like, okay, I am leaving that behind. Like I'm okay with that being in the past. But then what I find, especially on the exercise side, because we have to eat to live, right? Like whether or not they completely understand how to eat intuitively yet, they're like, I got to put something on my plate. Let's go. But what I find on the fitness side, a lot of times is clients will come to me and be frozen, right? They're like, the only way I've ever related to exercise was obsessive and didn't feel good. And now that I don't have almost that like negative motivator, I have no idea what to do. Do you ever get clients that come to you like that? And if so, what are some ways to just get the ball rolling in a way that feels good? Mm-hmm. That's really common for sure. People ha- have such difficult relationships with exercise and 
can be turned off to want to get back into it, especially if they have been exploring intuitive eating and have been wanting to improve their relationships with food, fitness, their bodies. The thought of getting back into movement again can feel really daunting. So one tip could be to think about what types of activities, what types of movement did you like doing before all of the diet culture bullshit started getting into the way. So hopefully this is when you were a fairly young kid. We know obviously that that stuff can creep in at any age, but for the most part, hopefully you were a little kid who was enjoying doing different types of activities. Like what were those activities and how can you emulate them now? as as an adult so like I said earlier I was a gymnast and that was really like my joyful movement obviously there's some funky food and body stuff there with any type of sport like that but for the most part really love doing that type of activity and so now a lot of the things that I like doing for movement today mimic that so like body weight movements you know like swinging on bars and stuff like that yeah. so I think there is an interesting connection there with what you used to like doing before everything about food and your body got in the way and trying to mimic that now. So that could be like a rec league. If you were an athlete in organized sport, there's so many rec leagues that you can do now. Or if you're a dancer, you could do an awesome non-diet fitness class. Like there's so many different options. And I think that can help you reclaim that joyful movement again. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like it keeps coming back to something you've brought up, which is just like getting curious about it, right? There is no cut and dry answer of if you're trying to repair your relationship with exercise, here's what you go do today. Mm -hmm. Like it's explore it and see what gets you excited and see what makes you feel uncomfortable and what brings back those negative body thoughts. Because there's going to be all different experiences when you choose different types of movement. So just mm -hmm. like noticing what what comes up. For sure. And I think if someone is really just starting off there too, focusing more on types of activities that aren't necessarily you're only doing for the purpose of exercise can be helpful. So maybe you're going for a walk with a friend or something like that, where the focus isn't just on exercising for the sake of exercising. There's social aspect or you're doing other some other type of new experience or activity that can kind of take that pressure off of now I'm doing a workout because that can feel really overwhelming. Yeah. And if from what I feel like I've seen with conversations with clients, it seems like when you focus on it in that way, you get to get moving, which tends to just feel good, right? Like feels good in your body, helps with your energy, maybe your mood. And you start to see those more indirect or maybe not even indirect, but the benefits that we don't often automatically go to when we're thinking, oh, I should exercise, right? So those those kind of more, you know, fluid, like everyday types of movement, you start to notice those more subjective benefits. And then it makes it a little bit more attractive or easier to picture. I could do stuff like this on the regular and I think that would feel great. And I don't think I need to go to a CrossFit class this week. Yes. I don't think that's in the cards this week and that's okay, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you a few times mentioned the word feel. So that's another thing to keep in mind, like, especially if you are someone who's like, I don't know what I should be focusing on. Like, I don't know how to motivate myself if it's not coming from a place of body changes. It's how do you want to feel, not how do you want to look and focusing more on that. 
Yeah, I love that. So with it being, you know, early in the year, like we're talking in January, I feel like I've had so many people asking, I don't want to go back to how I used to eat or exercise because like that wasn't great for me. It didn't Mm -hmm. feel good. But I also want to find some sort of aligned goals, right? Some goals that get me excited and help me find some kind of consistent routine that makes me feel good. How do you navigate fitness types of goals with clients without it getting, you know, kind of obsessive again? Any tips there? Mm -hmm. Especially January is such a a tricky time too because there's so much pressure to get back into this new routine. So again, I think thinking about where that is coming from and it's like, why do I feel like I need to get back into some sort of routine? Not necessarily that that's ever a bad thing, but is it because everyone that I work with is doing this new challenge? Is it because my mother-in-law is talking about doing this thing? Like thinking about where those influences are kind of coming from and deciding if do you feel like you want to be doing that because there's so much chatter around you or is that something that you genuinely want to be doing? And so if that's the case, again, going back to that, focusing on how you want to feel. So, and this can be good too for staying away from that risk of getting compulsive with performance. So if you're like, I want to feel strong, that's a better goal in that case than I want to be able to lift X amount of pounds and then going toward that goal that way. It's not quite as specific, but I think in that mindset, people can get so wrapped up with numbers that it can be better to have more of like a ambiguous goal rather than I need to lift this amount of weight. Yeah. And I think that like goes against what we normally hear when we're like, as professionals, right, taught how to help people set goals, where it's like, make a smart goal. It's got to be, you know, I I don't even remember the acronym because I don't do it. But I feel like starting with those goals that are a little bit more subjective and ambiguous gives you the room to figure out what do I like? What feels like it's working? And then maybe if I'm feeling really solidified and grounded in this, I can have a couple of more specific goals Mm -hmm. here and there. But starting off with that specific goal sometimes puts us right back into that old mindset of scrolling bodybuilder workouts on Instagram in 2012, right? And then that's why we have that knee-jerk reaction of, I'm not going to do this. This isn't going to work. So giving yourself permission to start off a little bit more ambiguous and see where it takes you. I feel like Mm -hmm. you feel really good. Yeah. And just like any other time we're wanting to add new habits into your life, making sure that they are realistic too for where you are right now in terms of your fitness level. Now there's so much pressure, but we really have this idea that we need to do like the hardest workout possible or we need to throw ourselves into this intense schedule if we are wanting to make changes or we are wanting to get back into a routine and really the further away that is from your current lifestyle, the less likely you're going to be to ever stick to it. So again, like thinking about what can I realistically fit into my life now and making sure that it allows for everything else you want to be doing in your day, in your week also. And again, trying to stay away from this idea of fitness is my life and everything else needs to revolve around it when really it should be the other way around. Yeah, I love that. Because I think that is where a lot of us come from with either fitness or food or both, right? That like Mm -hmm. it runs our life. And when we can finally flip that script and be like, no, this is helping me live the kind of life I want to live. It's Mm -hmm. not the reason I'm living. (laughs) It 
it just takes a weight off your shoulders and like you can actually start to enjoy it, which is when I honestly see clients be like more consistent, not perfectly regimented, but like over the course of the year, they're like, wow, I didn't have that many periods where I didn't get up and move for three weeks at a time, right? It's just, it's easier to keep on moving through those habits if you actually like them and you don't have all that pressure. For sure. And you might find too that you're working out much less frequently than you used to. And that's totally fine as well. I think it gives you the space to be like, well, how much do I actually even want to be working out? And there's no right answer for that. Obviously, it's so dependent on each individual person. But I'm always a big promoter of you should still have space and time and energy in the rest of your day to be doing all of the things that you want to do within reason, obviously. But we really want to stay away from this idea of like it has to control your entire life in order to get any benefits from it because that's just not the case. Oh. Yeah, you can get so many benefits from some kind of movement you do yeah. outside and in 20 <laughs> or 30 minutes. Like it does not need to be an all-consuming part of your yeah, life. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to reap much more benefit from doing something that is realistic for you, sustainable for you, because you're going to be able to do it long term, right? So it's going to be so much better to stick with something. Maybe that isn't as intense as you think it quote unquote should be. But if again, if you're doing this super hard program, maybe you'll do it for a week, a few weeks, and then you're going to fall off a bit completely. So it's much better to stick with in something more reasonable for you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of this parallels the diet side too, right? Sure, you can attempt that Whole30 thing every January, but like if you just focused on fundamental nutrition that makes you feel good throughout the year and it fits into your life, how mm -hmm. much more likely are you going to be to just show up like that most of the time? And mm -hmm. then when we look back in five or 10 or 15 years at like how we've contributed to our health or our quality of life, we're like, oh shit, like that's, that's pretty good, you know? Versus that laser focus on something unsustainable for three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be so damaging to your relationship with exercise as well. and actually makes you resent exercise. So that's why I think you'll see people who like, quote unquote, fall off the wagon. Like they'll have periods of time where they go really hard and then it's a long time of inactivity. It's because you just have this bad taste in your mouth about fitness because you think it's something that should be so punishing, but it doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be, really. Yeah. I love that you mentioned some of that language there too, because I don't think sometimes we realize we're creating that mindset or that relationship to exercise, but that's really commonly why people reject formal exercise for so long after one of those intense programs, because they've built mm -hmm. up resentment or that punishing or compensatory mentality. And like, yeah. that's that does not feel good, whether we recognize it happening or not, right? Yeah, and then it elicits this idea of like, well, fitness isn't for me. Exercise isn't for me. And yes. it should be for everybody if they want it to be mm -hmm. a priority. And so, yeah, so it's much better to stick within something that feels good, is sustainable, realistic, and you don't hate every minute of it while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, awesome. Before we wrap up, I would love to hear, I know you have something new that's launched that's really exciting, but first I would love to hear how you currently help people with their own fitness journey. 
Mm-hmm. So I am an online trainer. All of my programs are online. I do one-on-one coaching. So I create personalized programming for people based on their specific abilities, goals, exercise history, create an individualized program for them there. And then I also have a workout video subscription, on-demand workout videos. And with both of my options there, obviously no emphasis on weight loss or other body changes and focusing more on what people enjoy doing, what they like doing and how it makes them feel while while they're doing it. Oh, and I, I started my podcast. Yes, yes. And a podcast, which you started with a dietitian as well. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Her okay. name is Chelsea. She's an intuitive eating dietitian as well. And we talk all about food and fitness from a non-diet lens. So we're really excited about that. It's called The Wellness Check. I love that. And I've loved y'all's social media posts about it so far. They're just like so fun and sassy. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of sass happening in the episodes Good. for sure. <laughs> well, because I, I honestly think this whole relationship with food and body and exercise is like one of the most personal things that a lot of us go through, right? Like it's, it can be so heavy. And so to bring a little bit of like lightness and realness to it, not in a way that like discredits it, but makes you realize like, oh, eventually I'm going to yeah. be on the other side and be able to like joke a little bit or like <laughs> find some kind of ironic ass humor in it. I remember seeing that when I was first starting out with healing my own relationship. And I was like, oh, one day that's going to be me. So I love yeah. it. I love the approach y'all are taking. Like if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like we are really at that point. But awesome. Well, I'm so glad. And that launched like a couple weeks ago, right? Like in mm-hmm. January of 20, right? Yeah. We're going to try and do episodes every two weeks just to I like it. give us some leeway there. And yeah, so we're looking forward to having conversations like this and um, reaching some more people. I love it. Well, is there anything else you want to leave us with? If not, I will just drop all the links for how people can find you in the show notes and they can go watch all your magical Instagram content from there. Amazing. Yeah, I think just to remind people that while fitness can be an important part of your life, a great part of your life, it also doesn't need to be your whole life. And you are so much more than what you're able to do in the gym like we all need that reminder sometimes well thank you so much kira y'all can check out all her stuff on instagram her workout membership and her new podcast wellness check wherever you are listening to this podcast (laughs) thanks so much for having me of course